Welcome back to Car Argumentative, a Times Live media podcast where we chat about all things cars and automotive. I'm your host, Thomas Faulkner from the Sunday Times. And as usual, as usual, I'm slurring a bit today. Not haven't been drinking, I promise. Um, joined by Dennis Dropper from Business Day Motor News and young Brenwin Nadu from Sowetan and Sunday Times. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Greetings, Thomas. Uh, chatting to you from a cold home office somewhere on the East Rand. Glad to be on board again. <laughs> How's it, Thomas? How's it, Dennis? Uh, I'm chatting to you both from uh, uh, the driver's seat of my Polo GTI with the heated seats on and uh, I parked in the sun so that I could warm up. That sounds blissful, Brendan. Sounds blissful. <laughs> it's not bad. The, warm- the warmest place to be. Um, gents, I'm glad you're both here. I'm glad to hear that you're both well and alive. And of course, uh, it's that time of the show where we talk about news. So, uh, Dennis, let's kick things off with you. Yeah, well, some home pride this week. Uh, many of our listeners will have heard of uh, Gordon Murray, who, amongst other things, um, designed the McLaren F1 supercar of the 1990s. Now, of course, he's a South African-born designer, And his latest project is something called the T50, which is a different kind of supercar where he hasn't gone and chased outright Bugatti-like speeds and power outputs. But he's wanting to make the world's most purest, most enjoyable to drive supercar. And to that end, he's giving it a high-revving, normally aspirated V12 engine, which revs to, wait for it, 12,000 RPM. Now, this will mean something to you if you've ever... driven a Porsche GT3 and revved it to its 9,000 RPM redline and experienced what that sounds like. So add another 3,000 RPM on top of that and another six cylinders, and you might get get an idea of the sound that this car might make. So it's not launched yet, but they've revealed some of the engine details, which is why I'm talking about it now. But in the next couple of weeks, we're going to find full details of the supercar, including its uh, what it weighs, because... He's also gone for a Lotus-type um, uh, setup of, of a very light car. So he's aiming for under 1,000 kilograms in this car. So he's really aiming to make it the best driving supercar in the world, and it's something to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, geez, that sounds crazy. Um, 12,000 RPM is just like stratospheric when it comes to, to road cars. Um, and if you can get it under the 1,000 kg mark, um, it's going to be pretty damn fast. Um, and very cool that he's chosen to go the naturally aspirated route um, instead of bolting on turbos, which is just the easy way out, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. Um, Brenwin, what's pinging Gentlemen, on your radar, uh, son? I've uh, I've got something just a little a little less exotic uh, this week. Um, you know, guys, it does seem like every other day that uh, a new crossover or sport utility vehicle joins the fray. These are the body formats that buyers want, uh, and I'm sure by now that we all understand why. And last week, South Korean manufacturer Kia released a teaser image of its forthcoming Sonnet, and that is Sonnet with one. In and while describing it as poetry in motion might be a stretch, it sure does look promising. I mean, it's easy to agree that the current uh, aesthetic language adopted by Kia 
has made for cars that are just downright attractive. I mean, think of the, the Stinger and even the Seltos. And like the Seltos, the, the Sonnet will be made in India and it will be aimed at a younger demographic who are, quote, tech-savvy, aspirational, and socially connected. Sounds like producer Paige. Oh, and it is coming to South Africa. Uh, it is scheduled for a local debut at the end of 2020, which does sound ambitious given how COVID-19 has scuppered most plans. But good for them if they can if they can pull it off. Yeah, totally. Always good to have a new Kia. Um, I'm enjoying their styling. Um, I think they're bringing out some really good-looking cars. Um nice interiors as well so yeah that's going to be an interesting one to keep our eyes open for and then uh, just briefly dennis we've got about three minutes uh on our news segment because uh, we have a special guest coming up uh you drove some new bmw motorbikes last week can you tell us a little bit about that yes, Thomas. so on to matters two wheeled for a change uh one of my favorite motorcycles has been bmw's s1000 xr now Initially, I thought this was an answer to a question nobody had asked because BMW put a superbike engine into a touring bike frame. And I thought, what kind of strange animal is this? Until I rode it and I decided it was my, one of my very favorite bikes. So now the latest 2020 generation has just been launched. And uh, the power is the same as before, which is 121 kilowatts, which is quite, uh, quite punchy for a motorbike. But it's still got that nice, comfortable upright seating position. And it's got a whole lot of new technology, and the bike's also lost 10 kilograms, so it's so it's a bit more agile than before. But uh, yeah, this is uh, yours for the amazing price of 240,000 rand. So I suppose you're ordering three, huh? Definitely, well, yeah, one in each color. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Um, where did you drive it? Or we, ride it, yeah, we rode it in the in the cradle of humankind area and out in the Makhalis area. So there are some nice roads out there, and it was nice to get out for a change compared to sitting on Skype meetings like we normally do. So it's it's a it's a nice trend that the motor industry is opening up a little bit and uh, actually getting us to drive their drive and ride their vehicles again. It is indeed, and uh, obviously, if you want to know more about uh, Dennis's um, riding impressions, you can read all about them in Business Day Motor News this uh, Thursday, uh, or you can uh, check it out on Times Live Motoring. It'll also be up there. Um, guys, thanks so much. We have to wrap news because we're moving on to our next segment where we're going to be joined by a very special guest. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Join me, Nicole Engelbrecht, your host on True Crime South Africa, a weekly podcast that covers both solved and unsolved South African true crime cases. Welcome back to Cargumentative. Very excited today to uh, have a guest join us in the virtual studio, uh, George Mini from Auto Trader. 
George, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good and well, uh, and you guys, gents. I um, um, I'm glad to be on your show. It's really it's really exciting. Uh, you know, uh, uh, to be honest, I, I didn't know Cogumentative was out there until uh, I was invited to the show. Now I've subscribed to it. Oh, fantastic! It's good to have another subscriber other than my mom. Um, so yeah, thanks for that, George. And uh, again, thanks for taking the time out to to chat to us. Um, I'm a big fan of Autotrader. I spend a lot of time on the site searching for cars, um, a lot of stuff I'll never be able to buy. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a great time cycle for me, and I mean that in a good way. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're just going to have a, a chat to you because you've got an interesting database, uh, the Autotrader Vehicle Taxonomy Database, and I was hoping that you could uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, uh, um, you know, it's it's... It, it contains a couple of layers. Uh, the first thing to say is that uh, taxonomy, the, defin- the definition we give to taxonomy, I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting anybody else to have the same definition, but the, tex- the definition we give to taxonomy is the make, model, variant, and equipment um, attached to a particular uh, VIN of a vehicle. So uh, every vehicle has a, a ID number, as you know, and uh, um, that comes with a make model specs uh, set that the car rolled off the factory floor with. Um, And what we've done is we've spent many, many years uh, perfecting that database, trying to get it as accurate as possible, because one of the flaws that South Africa suffers from, unfortunately, uh, is the uh, lack of this taxonomy database. We don't have a really clean uh, set in the country. So we realized this about half a decade ago, and uh, we started doing something about it um, in the background because we realized we were never going to be able to give consumers search to the degree that we we knew uh, was necessary unless we sorted this taxonomy database out, um, which is the underlying layer, almost like uh, a foundation of a building. Um, And then second to that, we'd never be able to really get good solid data on consumer buying behaviors as well as uh, uh, car pricing, car demand, car car supply, unless we sorted out the foundation of this house. So I hope that gives a kind of 60-second version of the car taxonomy database that that we have in our hands today. And um, it's taken us many years to build. Absolutely. I mean, it, it sounds like a very complicated thing. And there's obviously been a lot of time and money invested into getting all this data. Um, and what kind of advantage does such a database give um, auto trader, but also potential buyers? I mean, you know, what is the actual point of having it and uh, what benefits does it offer? Well, I mean, firstly, uh, the main reason we we were so focused on a, on a taxonomy database was because we wanted to enhance consumer search. Uh, at the end of the day, allowing the consumer to find exactly what they're looking for. So right now, Autotrader is uh, the only platform in South Africa that uh, you're able to type a text um, field into the homepage of our site and uh, the system builds a list for you of, uh, of cars that match what you type, almost like Google, but not quite. Um, and uh, uh, that was the main reason we wanted to give consumers the best search that they possibly uh, could get their hands on to find what they're looking for in, in South Africa across every single vehicle for sale. And then second to that came uh, the ability to now harness the, the layers of data that form on 
top of that taxonomy database. So, for instance, we know uh, what people are searching for in terms of car color. We know what people are searching for in terms of um, whether it's uh, petrol or diesel or even electric cars. And uh, the amount of of data that we're able to now pull out of the layers on top of that taxonomy database um, is growing all the time. And it's uh, um, it's very interesting. And it, it, it's almost like you could get stu- stuck in the quagmire of, uh, of data because uh, there's just so much to get your hands on. I can only imagine. I mean, um, so much data, so little time. Um, I know that my colleague Dennis Dropper has a couple of questions related to uh, some of the data you've mined. So um, I'm going to hand Dennis over to you, George, and uh, you know you can have a, a word with him. Welcome to our cogumentative podcast, George. Great to have you aboard. First of all, I'd just like to chat about general trends in terms of searches and sales. Are there brands which have shown major volatility in recent times, showing either a big increase or decrease in popularity? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, most um, mixed models and variants have followed a very similar trend in terms of popularity and um, increases or decreases, particularly since January and particularly since lockdown. Uh, One particular um, brand of vehicle that uh, we pulled out uh, was the Jeep. That was one of the exceptions, which uh, experienced a, a much bigger shift up and down. As a matter of fact, has uh, on a daily basis resulted after, oh, well, we can't say after lockdown because it's not after lockdown yet, but in in the level of lockdown that we find ourselves. Um, so uh, the, the, the the popular brands, particularly the top 10, um, experience less vol- volatility there, uh, um, you know, in terms of uh, drops or spikes or dips uh, before lockdown, during lockdown and in the period that we find ourselves now um there's there's an exception though and that is the jeep which is experiencing experiencing a lot more ups and downs on a daily basis uh resulting in in now an increase of 22 percent for some reason people are interested in jeeps so the volatility in in vehicles like jeep and and maybe it's because it's uh it's an imported car from the united states uh and and i'm guessing when i say that but uh a jeep has definitely experienced a lot more volatility um not all popular brands however have experienced increases for example uh, the hyundai uh, has experienced a five percent decrease in uh, in popularity between January and March versus May and uh, July. Uh, and, um, you know, the rest of the very popular cars like BMW experienced an increase of 16%. Uh, Ford has experienced an increase of 13%. Nissan, 13%. Um, and, and now Jeep suddenly 22%, as I mentioned, but uh, experienced a very, very sharp dive uh, during lockdown, even more so than others. Yeah, those are some very interesting trends. And then on that subject, and particularly the lockdown, have you noticed a a buying down trend since the onset of the pandemic? Um, Has has there been a drop in the average price of uh, vehicles sold and searched for? Um, yes, and uh, and then and then a turnaround in that, uh, Dennis. So so initially we we saw an up to four percent, four point one percent drop in average vehicle price. Uh, uh, you know, as we got into into lockdown, and uh, before that we were experiencing just north of two percent increases in prices, um, and uh, that's now swung around to the mid one percent uh, since we've entered lockdown level three. So, so you know, it looks like uh, um, 
um, dealers and car sellers were, were more than likely um, pricing cars down uh, to move volume as uh, as consumers became more nervous. Um, but that seems to have turned around again. But uh, it, it's definitely not a case of the bottom falling out of prices. And uh, it's also not turned around into, uh, into big price inflationary numbers. Obviously, there's certain pockets that uh, perform differently versus other pockets. But uh, but by and large, roughly about mid one percent is what we is what we're seeing in terms of price increases year on year. Okay, and then what's the local trend in petrol versus diesel car popularity? I know in Europe there's been a big backlash against diesels, but uh, are we following a similar trend locally? Um, South Africans uh, don't seem to follow that uh, that sort of trend. You know, so South African searching by fuel type has remained the same pre-lockdown and, and during lockdown and up to now. Uh, the big difference, though, is that um, uh, diesel has had a slightly um, harder fall from grace, um, you know, a 39% drop versus a 32% drop in terms of searches for petrol. So, so very slight, 7% uh, um, bigger drop in, in, in the popularity of diesel cars during lockdown. But, um, but by and large, there isn't a significant change or preference one to the other. South Africans do very marginally um, uh, prefer diesels. Um, and that I would imagine is because of the fuel efficiency, number one, and because buckies are very popular, particularly uh, double cabs. Thanks, George. I'm sure Thomas and uh, Brenwin have some questions too. Right, Dennis, thanks very much. Absolutely. Um, George, I'm going to hand you over to, to Brenwin. He's also got a couple of uh, questions that he's uh, drawn up. So, Brenwin, far away. Hey, George, uh, nice to uh, virtually meet you. You too, Brenwin. I must say, I'm uh, like Thomas and uh, Dennis, I'm a big fan of Autotrader, and I probably spend a bit too much time on the site, more time than I should. That's lovely. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not sure if we can say it on the show, but uh, we call those uh, those those searches car porn. <laughs> yeah, well, I think my girlfriend kind of gets upset with me for squandering so much time that I should probably access Autotrader in incognito mode. But but anyway, uh, let me get into my questions, uh, George. You can tell us about the most popular used models, derivatives, and so on. Uh, but share with us some of the, the offbeat, stranger insights about uh, consumer preferences that's been revealed by the data. Um, well, I, I think I think this the the, the strangest is probably that uh, consumers like uh, white cars in South Africa. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've um, if you've heard us uh, kind of report uh, report on this, but consumers by and large love white vehicles, and uh, the very next most search for color is a very distant um, set of colors in black and uh, and blue, um, and then the other colors really feature way down the list so white and silver um are are the most popular colors which with white being head and shoulders above everybody else interesting i suppose maybe it's got something to do with the heat and and just the simplicity of it people you know just want a plain color that they can trade easily rather than like your burgundies or teals i guess right I think I think there's some perception that white um, has a uh, white and silver have a better resale value. Um, I'm not sure, but it'll be an interesting question to answer. And then another another kind of offbeat trend that we find is that uh, car shoppers searching for electric Toyota Hiluxes um, and electric BMW 3 Series, which 
don't exist in those variants. Um, so, uh, uh, so it's interesting that there seems to be appetite for, uh, for those electric vehicles. Fascinating. Now, um, in the press release uh, for this taxonomy um, data, you mentioned a transparent live market price, which to me sounded like a stock exchange of sorts for, for used cars. Can you just unpack that, uh, that term for us, please? Uh, yes, uh, you know, Brenwin, I think I think the 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 best way to describe this is, uh, you know, gone are the days with the internet and transparency and uh, and the movement of of demand and supply in real time. Um, we can track those metrics, particularly two, but then it uh, impacts a third or impacted by a third. Um, any economy is um, a in is subject to uh, demand trends. So, uh, what are co- what are consumers searching for in the car world today, and uh, and then supply trends. So, uh, what are sellers selling, and what volumes are sellers selling? Now, um, when you've got demand trends at a high level, and you've got supply uh, volumes at a high level, uh, I call that done data. And uh, you can have dumb live market data, which uh, which then gives you some value. But what we've tried to do is we've tried to turn it into um, intelligent um, and transparent live market data, which then ultimately impacts the price. Um, as you know, demand would uh, increase in demand and, and where supply is flat would increase the, pl- the price of a product and increase the price of a car. Um, where, uh, where, 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 let's say... Um, Avis or a, or, a, or a Hertz or a rental company puts a lot of vehicles out into the market. That is a massive increase in supply. Um, and if supply meets demand or exceeds demand, then prices are going to fall. Now, the nice thing about this uh, data that we uh, are able to garner out of our systems is that we're able to track it in real time, which means that we're able to track demand, supply and price in real time. And that's what um, we mean when we say transparent live market data. Really interesting. Now, I mean, these these high-level insights, are they accessible to anyone? Uh, I mean, if dealers, for example, want to know know this kind of thing, can they just approach you and you provide that for them? Or is there a cost involved? How does it work? Yes. So, um, so we've we've set on a path to to provide the general market uh, with high level insights, and we do that via our Auto Trader industry report. And uh, that industry report is growing in depth and breadth all the time. Every time we put it out, uh, which is roughly once every six months, you would have noticed, um, we add some more data, um, and uh, uh, it 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 unpacks the top 10 to 15, sometimes 20 vehicles in the market uh, and, uh, and consolidates uh, a lot of the data, which, um, which is interesting for the consumer as well as uh, the industry itself. But if you want to get into any more granular detail, we have a product called Fusion. And uh, Fusion is, uh, is a paid-for product that our car dealers subscribe to. And uh, they're able to get right down to the nitty-gritty, right down to make, model, variant, and sometimes even equipment-level data in terms of uh, demand, supply, and price, as well as price changes down to variant levels. So, you know, we can tell a dealer uh, whether a Hyundai Tucson 2017 model with certain features, how the general price has changed over time, who changed those prices, and uh, and 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 where those cars are in the country, that level of granularity is not a, is not available to the to the uh, to the public right now. 
That's amazing. Thank you so much, uh, George. Really insightful. And I'm going to pass you on to Thomas. Yeah, George. So I also have a couple of questions. Um, I know we touched on color briefly, but I want to know um, what are some of the least popular colors um, when it comes to secondhand cars? So believe it or not, the least popular colors uh, and uh, probably in this order is a turquoise. Um, turquoise is the least popular color and then uh, purple follows turquoise and then indigo. Um, you know, I, I didn't like indigo. I, I can't even think of what color that is, to be honest. Burgundy <laughs> follows that. And then uh, pink. I would have thought that with 50% of the, the population being, um, you know, ladies, perhaps pink would have been more popular. But uh, clearly it's not. Pink is uh, a least popular color. Interesting that. And I mean, um, where does yellow come in? Because I'm a big fan of yellow cars. I've always wanted to own one. So, I mean, if I had to buy one and sell one, would that kind of be middle of the road or a no-no? Yeah, it's probably middle of the road. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly in the, in the, in the order of where, it's, uh, where it sits in terms of yellow, but uh, I'll ping you an email after this, uh, Thomas. And <laughs> you know, awesome. Great, man. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, also to know, um, I want to talk about hybrids. Um, have you guys found um, there's been an increase in people purchasing hybrids? I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a Toyota Prius fan, and I often search for them on Autotrader, and uh, they sell them there. And if they are, they're sold very quickly, which to me is kind of like a flag saying that, that there's a renewed interest in hybrid vehicles. I mean, maybe that's got something to do with the times we find ourselves in. Um, so the opposite is true, Thomas. If you're interested in hybrids, probably now's the time to uh, – Toyota Hybrid for that matter, uh, or should I say Toyota Prius for that matter, it's now the time to buy one because pre-lockdown versus lockdown, searches for the Toyota Prius dropped by 36% and uh, sales of Prius dropped by almost 88%. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I would imagine that uh, because there's an in, a decrease in demand, that uh, you may be able to get a, a good deal for a, for a Prius right now. Hybrid searches in total, though, have remained flat. So, uh, um, pre-lockdown versus current circumstances, searches um, are down slightly by about one percent, but uh, hybrids are. Um, um, in, 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 by and large, flat. But Prius, for some reason, has has fallen off a cliff. Interesting that. I mean, it's a good car. Uh, it's been yeah. around for a long time. And when it comes to hybrids, it's probably, you know, um, it, it probably has the best hybrid technology. Um, do you know what hybrids are setting? Um, I mean, is a a certain hybrid vehicle that sells the most? Um, uh, well, uh, again, uh, I didn't uh, I didn't put it out for this particular interview, Thomas, but I can uh, I can definitely get that out to your listeners. It's it's not very difficult for uh, for us to come by. Okay, um, moving away from hybrids, um, French and Italian cars have always had a reputation for above average depreciation. Um, is this a cruel stereotype, or do you guys have data that actually? Backs us up. Um, I, I think it's it's it 
probably, and I'm, I'm guessing, I don't have any data to support this, but uh, it seems to follow the uh, the trend of imported cars. Uh, you know, some imported cars, particularly the French cars for that matter, seem to um, uh, depreciate a little bit more, or should I say drop in price a little bit more than other cars. So, uh, so I, I don't know whether it's getting a bad rap. It might be getting a bad rap, uh, you know. So French and Italian cars are... are you know, in terms of Italian cars, Ferraris have one of the highest searches on our website. So, um, so uh, I'm not so sure that uh, Italian cars would fall into that category, but maybe it's just an unknown. Okay. And then finally, from my side, um, how important is mileage when it comes to people searching for cars on your site? Um, where does it rank on the average user's list of priorities? So, uh, before I answer that question, I have to um, I have to just detail the difference between search and filtering. Um, if you look at the top of Autotrader's website, you'll see that uh, the search box exists. And uh, and we've categorized that into search and filtering, which is make model variant uh, a price, and uh, and then you get the your filters down the down the left hand side, which uh, which then allow you to refine that list. Um, so uh, uh, once someone refines the list, uh, they the, obviously the list, the list narrows. Now, if we had to put those filters into a hierarchy, um, outside of price, mileage is the second most used filter. Um, and uh, I don't know whether it has something to do with perceived reliability in terms of mileage and whether higher mileage cars get a, a, a you know a worse um, search quantity or search volume as a result, but it is the second most used filter on uh, on Autotrader's website. Now, um, um, many many kind of industry people um, don't use uh, the search and filters like the consumer uses the search and filters. This uh, the consumer uses most of those fields to filter down their lists, and uh, and we and we see about 30% of users using the top filters, and then uh, there's about a 30% of users that use the the the, the middle bit, which comes uh, uh, with manual, automatic, fuel type, and um, and uh, transmission, and then about a third of the users using the bottom set of filters, which are things like seller type, color, engine capacity, etc. So there's uh, there's there's definitely a high usage of filtering for cars and mileage is the second most used. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, we've only got about three or four minutes left. So um, I'm going to ask Brenwin or Dennis uh, if you guys have any uh, final questions for George before we wrap it up. Um, speak now or forever hold your silence. Yes, uh, I just wanted to find out. We are often told which are the most popular uh, searched for vehicles, but I'd like to know what are the some of the least popular used car brands being searched for on Auto Trader. Um, in terms of least popular, um, I uh, I did I did pull this out uh, for you guys. So let me just get there. I think we we actually went past it. So the least popular, uh, uh, Dennis, um, and this was as at the twenty fifth of July. Um, is a vehicle that I mean I, I think I know most vehicles. I mean I've been in this in, in the industry for uh, for about almost two decades now. So so I, I think I know I'm not as good, not as good as you guys, but uh, but I know I know most of them. And this car I didn't know existed, which was called a Go Now. 
don't know if you know what a go now is. Yes, uh, it's, a, it's a Chinese brand that was very briefly in South Africa, and I, I never got a chance to drive one. Okay, well, the Go Now is the least popular car on uh, on on Auto Trader, and then uh, and then the Morris, um, second least most pop, uh, second least popular car, uh, is the Morris. My one grandmother grandmother's sister had a Morris Minor when I was uh, a toddler, and then uh, third to that is the MGB. Um, fourth is the Nash. Another uh, with the Go Now. I, I, I didn't know what a Nash was until uh, until I actually pulled this list out. And then uh, fifth on the list is the Lotus. Oh, very interesting. Thank you, George. That, that's all from my side. You're welcome. Uh, Brenwin, have you got anything else uh, to ask, George? I do. I do. Uh, George, you mentioned uh, you know the filters, uh, transmission filter being one of them. Are there many users that specifically seek out Emmanuel uh, uh, car, particularly in the in the more premium uh, segments? It's an interesting question there, Ben Brenwin, because uh, what we see is automatics are more searched for than manuals, but manuals are more sold than automatics. And we think it's got to do with the increased price for an automatic. Great. Thanks, George. Well, George, thanks a lot. Um, I mean, we could keep on chatting all day. Uh, we've got so many things to ask and, you know, there's so many interesting variables that this uh, data um, can answer. Uh, but yeah, we have to wrap it, unfortunately. So I just like to say thanks for taking the time out to join us on Cargumentative and to uh, share some of your insights with us. You're most welcome. And uh, thank you for having me. I um, I feel uh, I feel honored to have been on your, on your show. And um, I'm going to keep listening to it now that uh, now that I know it's there. Well, fantastic, George. It's always good to have another listener. Um, so yeah, hopefully, we can have you back again some some other time in a you know on a future episode it would be quite cool, folks. That was George Mini, CEO of Auto Trader South Africa, and of course he was discussing with us Auto Trader's vehicle taxonomy database. Some very interesting insights coming from that. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for the show today. Um, it's been a, a whirlwind. It's gone by very very quickly. And uh, yeah, so join us next week for another episode of Cargumentative. Until then, keep safe and most importantly, keep safe out on the roads. We'll see you next week. <laughs>